1: Foundations. Depending on the atmospheric conditions and everything, they can't always tell whether the new moon is just started, so what they do is to make sure that they don't miss this particular start. They carry it over two days. And the point is, is that no one knows the hour or the day.
0: Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Rosh Hashanah is also known as the Feast of Trumpets. It's one of the seven mandatory feasts of the Lord. And like all the feasts of the Lord, it has incredible significance and fulfillment in Jesus. In the next few programs, we're going to learn about the different elements of Rosh Hashanah and how they prophetically speak of Jesus.
1: You know, when you start to study the, um, the feasts of the Lord, the first thing you come up against is the Hebrew calendar, which can be a little bit confusing. And my understanding is this, is that the Muslim calendar is based on the moon cycle. That our calendar is based on the sun cycle But the Hebrew calendar is based on the sun and the moon That's my understanding okay. There are 12 months within the Hebrew calendar And what gets really confusing is that The religious calendar begins in the springtime Which is which starts off with the Passover celebration But the new year starts in the autumn And that starts at this particular uh, holiday which is Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. But Mm -hmm. that's also confusing because there are actually four New Years in the Jewish calendar. There's a a New Year for uh, the counting of months and kings, the reigning of kings. There is the New Year for trees, which helps them to determine when first fruits will begin. There is the New Year for tithing of animals. And then, of course, there is the New Year of years. It's kind of like... Um, the first of January is the start of our new calendar year. Mm-hmm. Rosh Hashanah on the first of Tishri is the beginning of the new calendar year on the Hebrew calendar. Oh, right.
0: so it's I mean almost like we, we have a financial year and we have a calendar year. So there's a bit yeah. like that, but obviously there's just four of them.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and It gets a little bit confusing. Then of course, then they have their Sabbaths, then they have their new moon celebrations, and it all gets a little bit. And look, any opportunity to have a feast and have a holiday, <laughs> and they're and they're all for it. But yeah, yeah so this is. Is the equivalent of our New Year?
0: Okay. Well, obviously in Australia we celebrate New Year's by you know, going out all night. Lots of people get drunk or you know just party you know, to celebrate the New Year. Welcome the New Year in. Yeah. Is is it in that sense the same in Israel?
1: Well, it's both a very solemn holiday, but it is also an extremely joyous holiday. So, yeah, like we have fireworks and people drink too much, eat too much, make a lot of mess, and all the rest of it, and then pay for it the next day. Mm. Um, there is a lot of partying and celebrating uh, for Rosh Hashanah, but it is also a very solemn event. It's a very serious. Holiday and you'll see why as we un- unpack it all. It's it's very joyous, but it's a very serious holiday. So they don't they don't do what we do. They don't get out and you know, ride themselves off by drinking too much. They don't do that. Mm. No.
0: Well in the Bible this festival was instituted in Leviticus twenty three and in the twenty fourth verse it says In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall observe a day of solemn rest, a memorial proclaimed with a blast of trumpets, a holy convocation.
1: Now, a convocation is a, like a calling together or like a formal assembly for a particular purpose. That's what a convocation is. But you, may, you notice there it says that it was a solemn day of rest. Mm. It means it's a very serious event. Joyful, yes, it's the start of a new year, but very serious. And interesting, too, that it, this whole holiday, this festival is... Um, Distinguished by the blowing of the shofar, blowing of trumpets, and they blow a lot. They <laughs> this there's trumpets all the time. Okay, so this festival is also known as Yom HaZikaron, and it means the day of remembrance. It's also known as Yom Teruah, and that means a day or a feast of trumpets. Now it's cele- celebrated over two days, and it's very curious why they celebrate this feast over two days. It's because it it has to. It has to start right at the timing of the new moon. But it's very, very difficult to pinpoint the exact moment because depending on the atmospheric conditions and everything, they can't always tell whether the Mm. new moon has just started. So what they do is to make sure that they don't miss this particular start. They carry it over two days. And the point is is that no one knows the hour or the day Mm. of this particular start of the festival for the new year. Terminology so is interesting. That's right. Huh? Oh,
0: yeah, you certainly that pricks up your ears if you've read the New Testament because mm. that's a, a bit of a theme that comes through in terms of Jesus' return.
1: Exactly. So, with that in mind, because we're going to spend this program and the next next couple just looking at all the elements of this particular feast and how they're fulfilled in Jesus. So, with that thought, hold on to that one. Mm. Okay. No one knows the hour or the day. Now, it's believed in Jewish tradition that on the that the God created the universe on the twenty fifth of Elul, which makes the first of Tishri the sixth day of creation, and so this festival is kind of like celebrating and um, with blowing of the shofar, and it's blown a hundred times. Well, during this festival, there's a lot of blowing of the shofar in <laughs> Israel. You hear the, the shofar all the time, and because it's the head of the new year, this is this big celebration. Now, there are four different blasts that are used during this um, festival. First of all, there's the tekiah. That's a long, single blast used for a king's coronation. All right. So when the king is presented, he comes in and he's coronated and crowned. He's welcomed and accepted. Then there's the shevarim. That's three short, whale-like blasts. And this is to signify that it's time for the people to repent. Then there's the teruah. Which is nine staccato blasts of alarm, which is basically like a shock to the system. It's time to get real about repentance, dealing in a soulful response to the repentance that is required when the King is coming. Mm. And then there's the Tekia Hagadol, which is it's a final long held blast, held as long as they possibly can, and this one is called the last trump.
0: Wow. Okay. So that does once that again, do- <laughs> we're seeing all these New Testament references into these yeah. Jewish traditions. It's
1: amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So the general, general custom doing Rosh Hashanah is to blow. First of all, the Tekiah. This is the coronation of the king. We're welcoming the king. Okay. God is their king. Oh, we know Jesus is the king. Okay. Mm. We're going to unpack all of this some more, but you can't help yourself. <laughs> and then, of course, that's followed by these the Shevarim for repentance. Then the blowing of the teruah for this individual soul response. It's our personal responsibility to repent and be sorrowful, grieve over sin. You know, sin is so expensive. Mm. It costs God his son. Yeah, that's right. we got to take this seriously. And then finally, the tekiah Hagadol, the last trump. Now, this is the sequence that you hear all over Israel. So when Jewish congregations get together, there are certain passages that they read from their scriptures, from their Bibles. But for Messianic congregations, they also include various passages from the New Covenant because they recognize Jesus as the fulfillment of all of these. There's lots and lots of traditions that have built up over the centuries for Rosh Hashanah. There's lighting of candles, there's reciting of prayers, uh, the repeating of different blessings. Um, Of course, there's food. (laughs) There's always food in Jewish celebrations. And generally, it always has to be something sweet. Usually, um, apples dipped in honey. And the reason that they do that is because they're offering this to each other, apples and honey, to wish everybody a sweet new year ahead. They're they're, They're wanting to, you know... They're hoping for sweetness for each other, that the year would be good, that it would be filled with good things for people. And if anybody knows that what hardship is like, the Jewish people know what hardship is like. So it's, it's a big thing for them. They're wishing sweetness and goodness for themselves and their friends and their family, for their communities, for their nation, for the year ahead. Now, there is also the challah bread. We talked about the special challah bread for the Sabbath. There's also a very special bread for um, Rosh Hashanah. And this is kind of round, and it's actually to represent the crown that God will wear. He is their king. He is their sovereign. Again, there's this theme of this Mm. king where they're welcoming their king into their presence. Remember, if you remember um, when um, the people rejected God as their king and they wanted a human king? Yeah. One day he's coming back and he's going to be their king again. He's not going to be a human king. Mm. Not human as, as, well, we know that Jesus is fully God and fully man. But when Jesus comes, he will be their sovereign, a fully divine And fully human king. And he will wear the crown. He will rule uh, from Jerusalem. There's so much more that we will unpack over the next couple of programs.
0: There certainly seems to be a lot of significance to believers in respect of this Feast of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah. And we'll learn more about it in the next program on Foundations.